Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. Let's corral the remaining questions from the spring election. Is Wisconsin still a purple state? On those ballot questions, did voters make bail? And what happens if a Madison City Council race is tied? We try to make heads or tails of that one. The whole CityCast team is here. Bianca Martin, Molly Stentz, and me, Dylan Brogan. It's Friday, April 7th. And here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup. Bianca Martin. Howdy. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Molly Stentz. Hey, election week's over. Almost. Woohoo! Yeah. Is it ever really over? Not today, it's not. We got to dissect this election, and there's a lot to dissect. Are we ready for 2024 yet? <laughs> No, but it's 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 here. It kind of felt like it was here um, with this big s- state Supreme Court race, Democrat versus Republican. That's just how it goes now, I guess. Yeah, it was super, super intense. But yeah, that's the biggest news of the week. The landslide win of Janet Protasiewicz, the Wisconsin Supreme Court. She won by 11 percentage points, uh, which is remarkable in our battleground state, honestly. As you know, we all know now that it's a new liberal majority, 4-3. The court's about to very likely going to see a couple of cases that (laughs) have a lot of interest, including the potential to change legislative district maps in the state and obviously um, a woman's right to an abortion. So that's really big. Yeah. Are we calling it a landslide? Are we calling it a landslide? I think so. You don't think so? It was called really early. It was a decisive win. I don't know. I think the landslide is over 60%, but I don't know if that's written down as a rule. Should we ask the remaining members of Fleetwood Mac? Yeah. I think they're the ones. <laughs> yes. I don't in. even understand that reference. And I will say yes. <laughs> that's... Okay. There's a song, Landslide. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Well, I called it a landslide. Just the fact that it was called so early. It was very. It was a, an abundantly clear win for Janet Protasiewicz. There will not be any recounts, and there will not be any discussion about that in that race. You got to run like unopposed to get more than sixty percent in a statewide race. Well, you can't days. just get a landslide every time. It wouldn't be a landslide. <laughs> wouldn't be Wisconsin. So much money in this race. So much money. Uh, we took the national record for the most expensive state Supreme Court race to date. Crazy. What about inflation? Yeah, it's not about inflation. It seems like people, including Wisconsinites, including people across probably even the world, but definitely in the nation, uh, they want to have a piece of Wisconsin. We're just really desirable. (laughs) I just made myself laugh very hard. We're a desirable state because we are a battleground state and the presidential election next year is very, very key and important to a lot of people. Do you think this is the new norm? Like, is this just an arms race now? where races are just going to keep getting more expensive? Unfortunately, 
I mean, I don't know. Could you go around the state and just shake hands and win with $300 that you, you spend on hamburgers? I don't know. That wasn't that long ago you could do that. Could you get a bunch of free media because you oversaw a high-profile trial and everybody knows your name? Well, even look at the local races are getting more expensive, and those used to be entirely free mm-hmm. media, right? Yeah, we're going to get into that. Jeez Louise. There's a lot of big about this race, and the turnout was was significant as well. And where the turnout was was pretty uh, worth mentioning. Obviously, there's a continuing trend of Dane County just like ex- just being a powerhouse in terms of getting votes out. That has continued. And we also saw in the counties, you know, surrounding Milwaukee, a change with some new Democratic votes. I mean, seeing a change of like there's more... More of the pie is going to Democrats than usual in those areas, right? You guys know who Vicki McKenna is? Well, she's kind of this conservative, bomb-throwing uh, talk radio person, and she was on the radio yesterday saying how all these white women in suburban Milwaukee, like, they came out for Janet. And I just thought that was like, oh, yeah, yep, that's what happened. Women vote, <laughs> by golly. <laughs> I feel like this has been a Dem strategy. I mean, I remember a bunch of Dem operatives ahead of the last presidential race when they were talking about Wisconsin way back when, when the DNC was going to be held in Milwaukee. Remember that? And they were like, yep, we are going after suburban Milwaukee white women. And I was like, what? (laughs) Really? I heard a lot, like just in the national race before that, they're like a lot of conservative white women, it's like who elected Donald Trump, that there is, you know, so I'm hearing echoes of that here for sure. Um, One of the major swing counties in the state, Brown County, that one had a shift. It's one of the most populous uh, counties because it has Green Bay, uh, but it shifted to Democrat. We got a question about that, right? Somebody wrote us on YouTube. Yeah. Susan wanted to know about the 8th Congressional District and how it went and uh, what it means for the future of Wisconsin politics or upcoming elections, because we know that the 8th CD is largely the area around Green Bay, Green Bay, Brown County, one of the most populous counties in the state that actually swings, right? Like Milwaukee, Dane, solidly down. And typically, Waukesha, Ozaki, Washington, solidly Republican. But Brown County, you really watch because... In the past, the congressional district represented by Steve Kagan, a Democrat, you had state senator Dave Hansen representing the area. But in more recent years, Walker really gained a lot of ground there. And you you see a fair amount of conservative representation there. So it's one to watch. What's interesting in this conversation right now is Judge Janet being on the court and having, you know, the fact that there's likely going to be a case coming before the court for gerrymandering. <laughs> What's interesting is that it it could also impact the congressional districts too, like re remaking those maps, and so it could just impact not only like our state state legislature but also our uh, congressional maps. But was it the jean jacket? Was that what won it for Janet? Yeah, there's a lot lot going on. Um, anywho, Supreme Court was not the only thing on the ballot, as we know. So yeah, it was interesting because we've been talking about how liberals, Democrats had this court victory in this nonpartisan race, right? Are we still saying that? We we are still saying it's technically nonpartisan. So they had this victory after 15 years, but there's still this rest of the state to contend with. Rest of the state government, the state assembly, state senate, still solidly conservative. 
Democrats were hoping to pick up this suburban Milwaukee district, right? Alberta Darling's old district. She'd been there for 30 years, like northern Milwaukee suburbs, Whitefish Bay, Mequon area. So that was a pretty close race, closely watched to see if Democrats could make inroads. They did not. So it will stay in conservative hands with Dan Canodal of Germantown. He was a state rep, local state rep from the area, and a pretty big vocal critic of Janet Protosewitz. He was the one who, you know, we mentioned on an earlier show that he was floating the idea of impeaching her and holding her responsible for crime in Milwaukee, right? Because of her role as as a judge there. Do you know what I don't get about the impeachment stuff? So, okay, so they impeach her and they get rid of her. What happens next then? The governor appoints a new Democrat. Evers, the Democratic appoint. So what's the point? Are you asking why grandstanding has a role in politics today, Dylan? People introduce resolutions in the, in the state assembly that have no hope of going anywhere. People do all kinds of things just for attention. I, there's only been one um, state Supreme Court justice to ever even face an impeachment trial. It was in 1853, Levi Hubble. What? Yeah. Really? Levi Hubble. Yeah. And apparently there's some like <laughs> parallels to this discussion of impeachment and that where they're saying the, the race has gotten extremely partisan, um, but he was not impeached. They're throwing all kinds of accusations his way. Um, <laughs> but basically it's spicy from what I read from legal experts. Like it's very unlikely that the legislature would be able to to do this. I mean, they could, but it's also not supposed to, it's supposed to be, someone's supposed to be impeached for like corruption or um, crimes, not for political reasons, you know? Right. As we saw with the statewide recall attempt for Governor Walker, that was a big subject of debate. Well, had he committed a crime or were people just upset with his policies? And was that a legitimate enough grievance to, to issue a recall? I mean, the recall election did go through it did, it was held but ultimately voters did not decide to recall him so yeah interesting interesting to th- to think what's ahead of us okay so what does this mean right what does this mean for statewide politics republicans have 22 seats in the state senate super majority two-thirds of all the seats so they can override a veto from the governor which is a pretty significant power when you have especially with divided government but there's a rub. So they also need two-thirds majority in the assembly, and they're just a couple votes shy. Still a balance of power. It's like horseshoes and hand grenades. Close. Oh, I got that wrong. Never mind. It's like horseshoes and hand grenades. I like that, though. <laughs> close, is, uh, close is good enough, but it's but the truth is it's not. Oh, uh, no cigar. It, you don't, you don't... <laughs> Friday, Friday. I got nothing. <laughs> Well, so Robin Voss, mm, he should have got that supermajority. Sorry, buddy. Mm. Couldn't have made your maps just a little bit more rigged? <laughs> like, this is an AI's fault. This is AI's fault. Oh. Wow, AI has entered the chat, <laughs> entered the roundup. Before we dive into any more news, we're going to take a quick break. Bianca's got some news about the weekend. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So the other thing I've just been thinking about, because right there, I've seen all these takes like, oh, Wisconsin, it's less purple now. Look at this decisive victory for, you know, the Democratic back candidate in a statewide race. Obviously, people are thinking about the presidential next year, right? And thinking about the roadmap for a candidate here. But you got to talk about these referenda. Or is it referendums? Molly, you're really good at that. Like people like you've people don't know how to use words all the time, but you definitely do. Like alumna, like no one uses that often, but they should. <laughs> you use it right. Anywho, back to the point. Referenda. A real conundra. So <laughs> you probably saw them on your ballot. Maybe you knew about them in advance. Maybe you read them for the first time and were like, huh, what's this about? So there were these three ballot questions statewide put forth by conservatives. Two of them had to do with conditions of bail. And they both won handily. Two-thirds majority statewide. People were like, yes, let's change the conditions of bail and basically make it a little bit easier to... uh, impose harsher conditions, kind of lower the standard that's required. If you think about that in terms of partisan politics, kind of where the idea came from, what the idea represents, and then you square that with people voting for a Democratic candidate. Well, Judge Janet was for that. Yep. And a former prosecutor. That's kind of interesting. The other thing... It was hard for me to to think that everyone even knew what they were voting for or what they were putting down. I mean, I don't mean to, like, undercut folks, but the language was so, like, obtuse and it made me very annoyed. <laughs> very, very annoyed. Because there's, the, like, the letter of the law, like, what the question actually asks. And if you ask it in a vacuum, it's like, oh, okay, sure. But if But then you have to know, like, the layers of why it's on your ballot, where it's coming from, what it's likely to do, what's, you know, all of the... Right, the context and how it will, how it's going to impact human lives. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, obviously, the Waukesha Christmas Parade event was still on the minds of a lot of people, right, and the bail conditions there. So the other thing, though, we got to talk about is this work requirement one. That was like the most popular thing on the ballot, nearly 80% of people statewide were like, hey, you want food share, you want food aid, you want assistance, you got to work for it. Or at least you got to demonstrate that you're trying to seek work. That was widely popular, bipartisan, statewide. It's non-binding, folks. We already actually have work requirements on food share, right? <laughs> so it's like, what what's going on here? But obviously, the economy. I think Evers suspended some of that during the pandemic, but... It's back now. The pandemic, which is over? (laughs) Oh, not until May. Okay. All right. Sorry. Got to check it off on my calendar. Well, and hey, Dane County voted for them too. I say we're still purple. We're still, we still contain multitudes here in Wisconsin. Oh, that's a beautiful way to put it. What about Madison though? Madison had some interesting races. Local council races. We got, we're going to have eight new people on the city council. One of them, Marsha Rummel, was on for a long time, but then took a break and got reelected, and that's in the District 6 in the Isthmus. So she's not quite a new face, but, you know, eight new people. So, uh, I, you know, I think the, the really interesting one was the, the, the race that was decided by two votes, Isidore Knox versus Noah Lieberman. Um, you want to talk about why voting is important? Two votes uh, Noah Lieberman won by. And 
Has it been decided, though? Well, it should be decided when they officially do the canvas. So that's happening soon. But unless these two provisional ballots go for Isidore Knox, it looks like Noah Lieberman is going to win. Recount? Are they going to call for a recount? I don't know if Isidore Knox, he, I, don't, I don't think he's publicly called for a recount. It's interesting because people, election observers usually say recounts don't statistically yeah. change outcomes, right? When you look at it, it feels satisfying. You want to make sure that every vote was counted, but they usually don't change anything. But gosh, when you talk about two votes, though, that is... Well, I bet you they're going to be taking a hard look at them when they do the official canvas. Do you know how you decide uh, a municipal local election for Alder if it's tied up? Flip a coin. Game of chance. I saw a story about this happening for in Sheboygan City Council, and the canvassers get to decide what it is. So in Sheboygan County, they, is that they took a... Yeah, it can be. It doesn't have to be a coin flip, but they took a deck of cards, right? Oh, unsealed it, <laughs> shuffled it up, and whoever drew the highest card was elected to the Sheboygan City Council. So, But first, they played around a euchre. <laughs> Houdini. So if you were like a magician, you could just like sweep the city council. You could just like come in with your magic card trick. Oh, that wouldn't be fair. You can't do magician tricks in it. <gasps> Mark Pocan. Is that how we got elected? Just kidding. Mark. I think that is how Mark Pocan won the second congressional district through sleight of hand. He's a magician, folks. That was that. Oh, man. And uh, there were a lot of close races. Just interesting takeaways like uh, the police union. They backed uh, just a handful of candidates. They all lost, including Gloria Reyes. What about the realtors? The realtors had a better track street. You know, they dumped uh, like $170,000 in the local races, which is kind of nuts. Sometimes they were spending more money on behalf of a candidate than the actual candidate. They um, they were six of nine in their support. So Good record. I did end up getting a text, a text from the- From the realtors? The housing advocacy fund. Yeah, one of those. And But they sent me Mike Bevere, which he was not, they sent me the wrong guy, like <laughs> someone not even in my area. They were like, here, vote for this guy. And you were like, wait a minute. I don't think I can legally. I got those texts. I also saw online ads uh, for their- for the candidate that they picked. And remember, all these candidates came out against that money. Nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Satya Rhodes-Conway, she endorsed a number of candidates, and not all, but a lot of them won. So she looks like she's going to have some strong support on the council. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit there wasn't a, a terrible amount of huge surprises um, in, in these Alder races. Dina Nina Martinez Ruffaford. She uh, didn't have, she had some endorsements and she had all these great yard signs with her face on them. And you don't see that often. I love yard signs with candidates' faces on them. Yeah, I would kind of say was the underdog and uh, against Brad uh, Hinkfis, who had more of the establishment backing. I think that's fair to say. She won and pretty decidedly she's the first trans, openly trans person to serve on the city council. So a comedian. Yes, history was made. And she's an amazing comedian, for what it's worth, which it's worth a lot, because we like comedians on this show. Time is short this week. We could be talking about local races and uh, the national politics and, and Judge Janet's attire all day long, <laughs> but we've we got to end it for this week's. Bianca, have a great Thanks. weekend. Thanks. You too, Dylan. Molly Stentz, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. But is it realtors or realtors? Ah, I don't care how I say it. Probably wrong. Real realtors. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, the, the nuclear option. Did I say that nuclear? right? Nuclear? Oh, boy. Nucleus. 
NIMBY. Bye. Bye. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. Music is by Carl Christensen. If you enjoy the show, why not tell your reflection in the snow-covered hills about us? You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Catch you on the flip-flop.